God designed us to be learners. However, much of our learning and discipleship today regarding the church, current affairs, and theology has been reduced to pithy sayings and viral tweets. Just Say It seeks to help Christians go deeper on church, theology, scripture, and current issues in our world. I'm Chase Davis. And I'm Matt Patrick. And join us and other guests for a monthly conversation on the topics that are impacting Christians in the church here in Colorado. You can expect candid conversations on the topics ranging from church attendance during ski season to Spurgeon's view of the atonement. Hey there, welcome to Just Say It. I'm here with Chase Davis, friend, also co-pastor with me at the Well Church here in Boulder. And uh, this week, um, we are diving into a really fun topic, one that's actually named in our intro um, as an example, and, and we've been waiting to do this one for a while. It's a hot topic. Um, it may not come off as a spicy topic, but it can be. Um, and we are discussing uh, going skiing instead of going to church. That's right. Or going to church <laughs> instead of going to skiing, if you were to maybe more glass half full yes. sort of, uh, of way to look at it. And so we're going to be diving into that today. Um, we were joking before, Chase, um, when we were talking about this, is that uh, we thought this would be like an easy one. Right. Just to kind of riff off of and yeah. just like dive into and kind of see where it goes. And then immediately you're like, oh my gosh, are we diving into like biblical law, yeah. Sabbath law? It's like that are Job, we Sabbatarians? That Job Bluth clip where he says, I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> yeah, <I've made> a <laughs> huge... That's how I felt yeah. today. I was like, oh no, what have we done? <laughs> so the good news is we only have like 25 minutes. That's right. Yeah. So we're limited and so are you. We can but, only uh, make so many mistakes. Yeah. So, so let's just, uh, let's dive right in instead of, I, I kind of hate that when podcasts like linger on and on before sure. they actually get into it. So uh, let's let's just dive right into it. Skiing, um, like th- this is a unique thing to Colorado churches, probably some Northern California churches. Yeah, um, I doubt it's a big deal in Florida, but uh, probably but there's not. other things I think would be um, important to think about for all churches. But we're really um, this podcast is for the people of our church, and hopefully it blesses other churches in Colorado or similar churches. But um, it is a big topic for us. It's one of those things. I remember when we were planting the well. I remember like some advice we got from people was, um, well, we got a lot of weird advice when we started. Like someone's like, Matt, you have to like the Broncos. And if you know me at all, that's not going to happen. Right. I'm a Bengals fan through and through. Um, but one of the other things was you can't fight the ski season thing. People are going to go skiing and they're not going to go to your church and don't fight it. Right. And uh, we've always been, some might say dumb enough. Sure. And some might say uh, stubborn enough or I might even say biblical enough maybe <laughs> to fight that, right? And go, no, 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 no. Um, we think skiing's great. Um, I love it. Um, but I also love the church, and it's, I believe it to be more important than going skiing. And so what, what are just some introductory thoughts that you had as we have been thinking about this topic for our church? Yeah, it's a major topic. It's one we've wrestled with. And, you know, just even riffing off that remark, you know, we would never treat other commands that God has given like, you just can't touch the adultery issue. You know, it's just going to happen. You just can't touch the idolization issue. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, when life settles down, I'll stop murdering people. <laughs> yeah, right. like, we wouldn't treat any other of the Ten Commandments that way. Yeah. Um, but I think early on at the well, we had more of a, uh, you might call it missional. We still retain that terminology to describe ourselves here at the well. For but sure. a lot of the missional movement kind of prizes itself on being sent, being a sent people. The church are sent into the world. And there's mm-hmm. truth to that for sure. Um, but what we did in our teaching early on was we, we downplayed the importance of corporate worship regularly on a week, on a particular day of the week, that being Sunday. Um, we've always called it a gathering, uh, rather than a worship service. Although even in my own kind of 
weird mind of like waffled back and forth on what's mm-hmm. most helpful. But the idea was that the saints gather together and worship. But early on, we would tell people, you know, if you have an evangelistic opportunity, go do that. And I think I've mentioned that in another episode. But I, I regret saying that. And I, it, this topic particularly is an interesting one because it touches on biblical law, creational design, how we apply the law in the new covenant, uh, what rest is. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of talk, uh, talk about burnout in our society, being tired, um, all these kind of things. A lot of talk about self-care. Yeah. Uh, but God has already established a lot of ways to mitigate uh, a lot of the, the pain that comes from the fall and also the, the exhaustion that comes from work, which is a designed thing pre-fall anyways. Mm-hmm. And so God has already designed into the created order ways that we don't have to become so exhausted. Yeah, and I think of myself, um, uh, you know, I, I, the church, our, our church blessed me with a sabbatical, right? And uh, I, I, I really, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was great in every respect. But the one thing I hated about it was not gathering with our church, right? With the people that God has given us um, authority over. And just to be lead. clear, you were welcome. No yeah, one was making yeah. you not it was, come. It was kind of supposed to be the thing where you, you know, it's hard not to work yeah, right. for us. It, it's a different kind of dynamic as a pastor. But, you know, I went to other churches and I was out of town a lot, you yeah. know, and I still tried to go to church and I still think that that was good. But um, there was like a craving in my soul. Like when I got back, I, I actually remember my first Sunday back taking communion at the well. I cried because mm. I was like, oh man, it was like, I was so hungry for it. It was so good. It, it like almost felt like, you know, you, you see those like heart-wrenching videos of like the, the dad who's been away like in, a, in some military conflict and he sneaks up on his kid and the, it, like it, it almost had a feeling of like um, a coming home, yeah. a, a longing to be back together. For sure. And that was really profound for me to kind of go, I really do love being here. Mm. And I love hearing my kids talk about like if we're traveling or we're away, like how they kind of miss church and seeing their friends and singing and all of those things. And so there's, there is a, um, there's a biblical textual reality to this and um, whether, you know, and I think you, you, you'll probably talk about it here in a moment and it might be a good segue, but into like, um, how do we assess this? But there's also a heart level thing where God does something in us. Yeah. That it's more than just show me the verse. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and it, to me, it's an indicator a little bit. If it's, I don't value being together with the saints. Mm-hmm. I begin to question what's going on there. There might be a deeper issue at hand. Yeah, and we'll we'll get to this, but really when we talk about the Sabbath and we talk about worshiping on Sundays with the saints and honoring the Lord in that way, what we see over and over again in the scriptures is God is very concerned with our own motivations, intentions, and affections for him, even in those acts. So just, just attending church... Uh, and, and saying that's enough, that's, mm-hmm. that's, enough. that's what God wants. That's not what God's after ultimately. That is mm-hmm. something he's after, but that, that's not ultimately what he's doing. He's after our entire life, including our desire yeah. uh, to be shaped by, uh, by his norms for society, for the world. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think the skiing and going to church one is an important one because it's, it's like um, in Colorado particularly, you spend a lot of money yeah. to ski, so you've made an investment. Yeah. Done, and there's a lot of pressures, and I get that. I, I've, I've told people, I was like, listen, like when they're going through our membership process, I'll be like, here's the deal. Part of being a member here is we expect you to be a regular attender. Right. Nowadays, that means like once a month, and I, that's not what we mean. Right. We mean like if they're 52 weeks a year, hopefully you're there like 48. Right, yeah. You know, like that would be ideal. Like yeah. that'd be great. But also, 
we're not legalists to the point where if somebody calls you and is like, hey, my uncle who has an awesome cabin in Vail just gave it to us. Do you want to come up for the weekend? Sure. We're not going to be like, you can't be a member here right. at the well because you took advantage of that opportunity. Sure. Or you went on a vacation. Yeah. Or something like that. Like, yeah. That's not what we're after here. I agree. Right? I think one of the things that, that we should consider is I remember when growing up in the church and uh, guys and girls would date, and the, con- the constant question that came up in Christian circles was, okay, we understand the biblical norm that we shouldn't have sex outside of marriage, premarital sex, all that, but what can we do? Yeah. It was always trying to push the limits. Yeah. And I think Christians for a long time, including myself. But what can you do? <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I think for a lot of time, Christians have treated the Sabbath in a similar way. Is like, well, we don't want to be too rigid. Yeah. So what can we get away with? For sure. And so they constantly, Christians, myself included, have constantly tried to push the boundary of like, well, I can experience God on the ski lift. I can see the mountains and his glory in a different way than being at the Rayback or somewhere else. Therefore... That's what ultimately it's about, and I'm justified in my actions of skipping corporate worship. Yeah. And the problem is that's not scriptural. Right. <laughs> that is not scriptural. Like, that's just not a thing. Right. Like, like, yes, you can experience God in nature. I went on a walk today, so I could do just that. Sure. But that was never intended to replace the corporate gathering of the church. Yes. And it's a real disservice that we're doing when we really um, kind of dismantle that for the sake of kind of like an individual... Um, way of finding God, you know, and yeah. it's like, you know, honestly, I've, I've, I believe like, yeah, I've, I've experienced God alone. I've experienced him corporately, but they're, they're different. Mm-hmm. They serve a different function. Like our church services um, serve a different function. I was just talking to a guy actually on Twitter. He's a friend of mine and uh, you know, he's very into like, I think the church needs to remake how it does everything sure. and it's religious traditions and, all these things are made by men. And I'm like, that's actually not true. Right. The Bible gives us some pretty clear guidelines it into does. what we're doing. Yes, it does. They're not just man-made things nope. where people go, you just want people to come to church because you want your church to be big. Right. And I'm, I, we, we have an easy retort on that. Like, if we wouldn't have a big church, we wouldn't have planted one in Boulder, that's Colorado. Right. Like, that's that, right. <laughs> that wasn't like our, our goal necessarily. Now, if we became big because a lot of people got saved and got moved, that'd be a huge blessing. Right. It'd be really fun, but um, that wasn't, that, that's not the goal. Right. Yeah, and I think in the when you look at the Bible, and you look at God's self-revelation of how He designed the world to work, you look at Genesis, and you see that in Genesis, Sabbath was built into the created framework. Mm-hmm. And I think for Christians, maybe maybe they have questions on some of the gender confusion com- going on in society today. Mm-hmm. Um, a place for conservative Christians to kind of rest on that matter is to go well. You know, what does it say? Male and female, he created them. Yeah. End of story, right? Yeah. And yet we so often overlook that in that same, very same text, the Sabbath was instituted as a creational norm. And that's not just left there. That happens in uh, Exodus. It's reinstituted in Deuteronomy. Mm -hmm. Uh, God tells the people to remember the Sabbath because he brought them out of slavery. And then they went so far in numbers as to kill a man because he broke the Sabbath. He was picking up sticks. (laughs) He was yeah. picking up sticks. And, yeah, and, a bad day. And Moses was like, what should we do? It's like, you put him to death. He broke the Sabbath. I really wish I would have known that, that verse when I was a kid. Because like, <laughs> I felt like every Sunday, my family didn't go to church, but it was like, sure. we, we had a pretty big property. My parents would make me go pick up sticks before uh, we would mow. Yeah. And so I could have been like, guys, we really shouldn't be picking up sticks today. But uh, I, I, did, I wasn't a Christian yet. So That's I didn't a good argument. That <laughs> That's a good argument. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, when we see, when we look at the biblical kind of norm 
we do see that God expects his people. And the way the Sabbath is always framed is it's a reprieve and a rest from work. So yep. work is normal. Six days a week we work. Uh, work is a good thing. Yep. It's been corrupted by the fall. It's super hard now. Um, sometimes it's easier. You know, for a lot of people in Boulder, it seems to be really easy. They're out <laughs> in the middle of the day, you know, having drinks and stuff. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's, uh, it's still a hard thing. It's, and, but work is a pre-fall reality. By the same notion, the Sabbath is a pre-fall reality. And so God has instituted rhythms for our lives that are normal. Yeah. We don't have to go like to the latest master class on how to like uh, reconfigure your schedule to optimize your life so you can have the most rest. Like God's already given it to us, and that's yeah. a beautiful thing, and we can praise God for that. Um, but what we see is that Sabbath is always concerned with rest. Now, the reason I have these books here, and yeah. if you can't see them, if you're listening, um, I have the Doctrine of the Christian Life, and I have a, a Bible with, and it has the catechisms and creeds in the back is there's been a lot of debate about this in church history. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's really fun to get into because what we tend to get into in our modern age is like a back and forth between if you and I had a disagreement, right? Yeah. Can I go ski on Sunday? And then we'll just be arguing. I'd rather listen to the, what the Word says yeah, and it, listen to some of that. Well, because there's multiple paradigms in which we, we I think is helpful for people to think through uh, when they're trying to discern something, whether it's good and right and what they should and shouldn't do. Right, there's, there's, it, like, um, I'll do the first one. Is it biblical? Right, like that's a good question. Like, there, you, you know, we always say at the well, you know, the Bible isn't always exactly clear on everything, but when it is clear on something, praise God for that and listen to it. Right, like if it just says this, then therefore do it. Like, right. um, what is that? I wrote it down over here. It's um, he, uh, Hebrews ten twenty five, or it's twenty four through a few other verses, but it's right around there where it talks about not forsaking the gathering of the saints. Like, right. don't forsake the gathering of the saints. Bible tells us. Right. Stick with it. Easy enough. Yep. Right? And, like, and so, like, when we talk about going to church, it is something that's proved out biblically, but it's also deeper than that. So, like, that's one framework to think about it is, is to think about it through a biblical lens. And I, I, I quite frankly would encourage people to think about this with a lot of things in their life that they're trying to figure out on what is good and right and true. Um, is, is it biblical? And then, then there's two other ones that I know that you like to bring up. Often. Yeah, I always look to, like to look to the catechisms and the creeds. And the catechisms, there's multiple ones. My favorite are the Westminster. Uh, both Presbyterian? Con- no. <laughs> both Confession <laughs> and Catechism. And the London Baptist Confession. There's also the Heidelberg Catechism. We've been yeah. using that at the well mm-hmm. over the last two years through our Binding Means Initiative to pray through. The Heidelberg Catechism talks about this. So those are kind of guiding documents from the Reformation. Um, but then you just look at uh, theologians in church history. What is the predominant kind of approach to this matter throughout church history? So not only do you have documents in church history that are kind of guiding, governing documents for churches. Yes, yeah, so creeds, catechisms, documents. Yeah, but you've also got individual theologians who weigh in on the matter and, and kind of help people parse out what are the issues that I'm missing here? Because it's easy to kind of reduce it to, uh, you know, simple pithy statements about, you know, well, I experience God more in nature, therefore, you know, that's what's right, that's what's good. And, and my argument is always, and this is something that comes up a lot in Boulder, is like, we are not the determiner of how to worship God rightly. God determines how we worship Him rightly. Therefore, we should look to His Word to determine how we worship Him rightly. Yeah, and, and what I see a lot of people doing when we bring up creeds or church history, some people go, um, well, you know, We've evolved from then, and that's where I always go back to that great C.S. Lewis quote of referring to that as chronological snobbery, right. that because something's new, it's better. I think in our modern culture, con- cultural context, we can all admit that new does not always mean better. Right. And, and so learning from the past is really important. And as I read a lot from 
different people in different areas. It's fascinating to me to see that the idea of church just being out there, me going out and doing this on my own, it's not new. It's something actually that like guys like uh, I was reading today, Charles Spurgeon right. wrote, wrote about constantly, and it infuriated him. Yeah. It drove him insane that people were like, just me and Jesus. Yep. And it's funny, he's been dead for a long time. Yep. And he was wrestling with that. He, had, he has a great quote. He, he gets really forceful sometimes. Yeah. But he, he said, he, he said if, uh, if the church is not your mother, you may not know God as your father. Oh, man. Which I'm just like, woo! <laughs> yeah. If I said that right now, that's, that's what we call a seat maker in a sermon, right? Like he made some seats. Next week we'll be empty. He's making some room. Um, that's funny. Right? And yeah. so, um, but like, it's, it's fascinating that it's like, it's not new. Yeah. And it's so we might it. think, oh, because I have an epic pass yeah. or an, I don't know who has an icon pass, but whatever. Sure, sure. Um, Californians. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> that, that's that's going to be the line that gets us in the most trouble, me making fun of the icon pass. <laughs> that's right. I'm, even though Vail Resorts, I know they're like the evil empire. Yeah, right. But they have Crested Butte and Vail, so they, they just do. went. They yeah, do. tell you right on there now. <laughs> anyways, um, so, so uh, anyways, back on track. It's It's not new. It's just... We have our new modern forms and iterations of draws into those things. Yeah. And like and, and here's the thing, like going out and enjoying this and skiing is, is, is a blast. I mean, I went to college to ski. Sure. Like I, I got a degree, but I went to ski. I went to Western State. I went there to go be on the ski team, which they promptly canceled. Um, <laughs> right in time. You know, and I had a, I had a failed career trying to be a professional skier. Sure. Um, you know, realizing that you can't support a family on Red Bull coolers. <laughs> no, you cannot. Winning those does not pay the bills. Um, and so I became a pastor because I wanted to be rich. Yeah, so you can pay the bills. <laughs> so, That's good. But but like so like I get it, and like I love taking my kids out, but I'm also like, um, and as a man though, for me, mm. I think teaching my family the importance of the church is massively important. Um, I, I think leading in that and giving that example yeah. is huge for my children, right? Like um, I, I, when I was a youth pastor, it was always one of those things like parents would be upset because their kid would, um, they'd say, fall away or not be walking with the Lord. And I'd be like, I haven't seen you at church in like six months. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, my kid to go to youth group. I'm like, well, you're not really setting any form of example there. Correct. Yeah. And so we're, we're teaching them when we, um, elevate things like skiing on Sunday. Yeah. What we're teaching um, not only our kids, but the people around us watching us, yeah. that the importance level is not there. Yeah. That it actually has no real impact on my life and I can I can do without it. Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about public witness of the church. What is a greater public witness of the church than the church gathered? Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah you, you might say, if you want to love your neighbor, yeah. you go to church. Absolutely. You might say that. You might. <laughs> Maybe I did. Maybe we did. <laughs> Yeah, I think when you look historically, there's kind of a there's a spectrum of beliefs, and and there's a idea called Sabbatarianism, yeah. and it's just a way of modifying the word Sabbath to talk about how we obey it. And so Christians have understood it in kind of a spectrum. On one end, you've got a guy like John Calvin, who didn't reduce the the Sabbath and obeying the Sabbath to mere symbolism, but he was willing to explore that more. But what he did is he said, I think Christians should be worshiping every day. So, like, it wasn't a matter of him, like, thinking, how can I let people off the hook? Yeah. It was a matter of, well, Christians need to be worshiping every day. He would provide services regularly during the week. Uh, but he said, well, at least we have at least one day where they're going to be worshiping. And we moved it to the first day, of course, because that's when Jesus rose from the dead. The, the Sabbath was yeah, historically on the Saturday, <laughs> and Jesus rose from the dead on Sunday. So historically in the church, it's been moved to Sunday. It's always been the Lord's Day. Historically in our nation, we've had blue laws. We've had laws that, that outlaw certain practices on Sundays to prevent uh, commerce or buying. I remember when I was in college, Kim and I went to Target, 
and we were trying to bottle, buy a bottle of wine after church, and we were Southern Baptists, so that's really scandalous at the time. You rebels. I know. And it was, the, it was Sunday afternoon, and uh, Target was like, oh, we don't sell wine on Sundays. This one in Texas. And I was like, wait, what? I didn't even know what a blue wall was because I was from Dallas. Yeah. But like, that was a common thing in America yeah. prior to like, the mid-20th century. Yeah, we should do a podcast in the future on like, why do I always want Chick-fil-A on Sunday? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, but like that's, that's, a, that's a business. That is a business. H- holding to that. Yes. Right? And it's funny because you can argue, well, that's bad business. They're doing doesn't all right. Doesn't seem to be. Doesn't seem to be. No, it doesn't seem right? to be. And so I, I think that's a powerful witness in and of itself, right? Yeah. And some might critique it and whatever. But, but I think there's good, yeah. there's good holes to punch in a healthy way, not in a bad way. Yeah. With modernization, industrialization, we have an economy that's so interconnected that let's imagine for a second, we said, no one works on Sunday, okay? Imagine water treatment, electricity, gas, all the industries, steel, uh, manufacturing, shut down completely. They have Mm. to shut down their systems that take days to start up. They have to shut down computers. The internet ceases to exist on Sundays. That'd be glorious. I mean, yeah, in some ways it would be, right? Yeah. However, <laughs> however, <laughs> like there are real ramifications to human life. <clears throat> yeah, like don't, I hope your wife doesn't go into labor on a Sunday. Yeah, right, because hospitals, firefighters, <laughs> yeah, right. uh, policemen, like all these things are interconnected. Now, that shouldn't be used as a justification to neglect the Sabbath. I think we could use that and go like, well, because there's one example that would keep me from going to church, therefore anything's open. Yeah, it's like the saying, there's always an exception to the rule, but it probably doesn't apply to you. Probably doesn't, yeah. yeah <laughs> that's, that's probably exactly the right. truth. That's exactly right. Uh, so you had Calvin kind of on the one end. No one, I mean, except for really the modern church uh, and just kind of evangelical pop culture and pop theology would drift further, I would say, to the left than Calvin, uh, mm-hmm. if you could ever call Calvin left. But, yeah. <laughs> but they would drift further left and say that it's merely symbolic, meaning that it doesn't even matter if you go worship the Lord together with the saints. It's yeah. all symbolic. In fact, what's most important is rest. So just pick a day, and that'll be it. And that's really not what you find in church history. That's just no. not. Uh, but what, on the other end of the spectrum, you have like the Westminster Catechism, the, uh, particularly the Shorter Catechism, and it talks about particular activities that you should cease. So it talks about recreation, business, commerce. The only thing that you can do are things of necessity or mercy. Now, that's a pretty strict adherence. The, yeah. the, we, we read as elders the London Baptist Confession. They also have a pretty strict adherence to the Sabbath. And that would be very strict Sabbatarianism. Yeah, but right? it also in there, I believe it says also that it's not about just being lazy and laying around. Right. It's not about just not doing anything, which I think is what a lot of people think of. Yeah, it's not idleness. It's not just sitting in a room by yourself or with your family and just being like, okay, we're not doing anything. It's about delighting in the Lord. Um, And this is why I mentioned John Frame's uh, Doctrine of the Christian Life. If you want to take out a second loan or get a doorstop for your house, (laughs) then go pick one up. (laughs) These are the kind of books I reference when we have questions like this Mm -hmm. because they're like an encyclopedia, and I trust John Frame a lot on these matters. But um, he kind of gets into like, okay, what does it mean to be idle? What does it mean to rest? And he talks about recreation. So it it got right to the heart of the podcast that we're talking about today is, can we recreate on Sundays? Can can we enjoy recreation? Well, if your recreation is work, you should probably not recreate on Sundays. But if recreation is a way that you can delight in the Lord, then do that. Now, now we don't take that too far. We can we can use that as an excuse to go like, well, of course I am. I'm having fun, therefore I'm delighting the Lord. That's not necessarily what he means. But, but if we go out for a hike on Sunday after church, 
uh, and we delight in the Lord, seeing His creation, we can worship the Lord. We might sing a song on the way up, whether in our head or out loud, whatever it may be. We meditate on a piece of scripture. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful way to celebrate Sabbath. Sabbath always has to do with feasting instead of fasting. Mm -hmm. So it's not a Sabbath isn't meant to be a time of starvation, but of feasting and delight. And yeah. so on Sundays, on, on Sabbath days, it's a great opportunity to feast and fellowship with other people. This is why the Baptists have a great potluck ministry on Sundays, mm, typically. Them casseroles. Them casseroles. <laughs> um, so like there's, there's ways to honor the Lord on the Sabbath without making it. It's not meant to be punitive. And this is what Jesus was yeah. getting to when he talked about healing people on the Sabbath or other things. Is The Sabbath was never designed to be punitive. It was an opportunity to to really enjoy life and delight in God. Yeah, and I, I make it really practical for my family. I felt conviction about this. It was kind of like we get home from church, and I'm usually tired, and, and you know, depending on what season, I turn on whatever sport and kind of pass out. Sure. Bit, which is fair. Yeah, taking a nap is a great, a great thing to do. Thing, yeah, um, I love naps. Um, <laughs> I'm very skilled. I'm, I'm, I'm getting that dad ability you are. to sleep anywhere, sleep anywhere. almost instantly. <laughs> Like, like a giant baby. Yeah, like, yes, like a giant baby. That is me. But, uh, you know, I instituted recently, and we've been doing it a long time, but I think we'll keep doing it because we love it. We just call it basically like our family feast every Sunday night where we kind of go a little bit bigger than normal sure. on a meal. We cook, and then uh, one of my children um, prepares like just a short like Bible study. And, and it's fun because that means during the week. Um, or sometimes the day of, if we forgot. Sure. Uh, I get to work on that with them, and then they kind of present whatever they're thinking about at dinner. Right. You know, and we pray together, and we eat. Yeah. And we have a great time. Yep. And it's and it's a beautiful thing, you know, and it's fun because I'm seeing even people who come over who aren't even Christians. I'm like, guess what we're doing? And we do this every Sunday night. Right. It's, it's part of our ethos, and I, I can just it, it, it's something that now um, I, I wish I would have done it earlier in my mm. life, but now I can see like, man, this is a really great way to honor God to kind of end our week and it really does get into that idea that I think what a lot of people I think the the world around us that does not follow Christ um, works to get to their rest right to get to their Sabbath if you will mm -hmm. but the Christian has a very different uh, mentality about it we are called based off of our Sabbath rest um, to we work out of that not to our rest right like that, that actually fuels us for the mission and the life that God has called us to we're not just trying to get to the weekend right we don't just survive right right we, we come out of it prepared to go forward into our world yeah we are not we weekend warriors uh, yeah. as, as much as much as that's popular in suburban society we are weekday warriors for the Lord because we've been equipped on Sundays mm -hmm. with the word of God with worship with feasting yeah. with festival with delighting in him and we're ready to go out and I think a lot of Christians are just not taking an opportunity to one obey the Lord yeah. and two uh, he set the table for us to feast with him he's given us a meal on Sundays together to mm -hmm. be renewed and refreshed in the gospel mm -hmm. and really who wants to sit in I-70 traffic on Sundays anyways yeah I know right like I'm like <laughs> You're skiing on Sundays. May the Lord have mercy on your soul. Yes. Right? Like, you get run that, over by a Texan. Yeah, yeah those crazy Texans. <laughs> I, I, I was thinking through some things of like what why, and I wrote them down because I don't have great memory, but I was just kind of thinking through it, and I was like, who, what, why coming to church instead of going skiing? Is it like one, is you get to hear the preached word, right? Yeah. And um, I love Hebrews 4.12 in there, where it talks about the word is sharper than a two-edged sword. I think we need to remember that that's what we're sitting under. Yep. It's something that's there to pierce us. And change us and mold us, right? Um, you also see in Second Timothy four too. I love it when Paul, like, because that, that the context of that is that's Paul at the end of his life, right? And uh, what, what's he doing? He's he's basically giving um, Timothy 
his final exhortation. Right. And once you do it, it tells him to preach the word. Yep. So the preach word is important. Um, God says not to forsake, but I already said that. You can get, it's a place where you, you are to get fed. You're to come get fed. And I, I find it really funny because um, Acts 20 kind of alludes to this, Acts 20, 28, I believe, where it talks about it's really hard to feed people who aren't there. Yeah. That's a great point. If you're not there, you can't get fed. Right. And that's our job is to feed people. Right. And the last thing I'll say, which is kind of a different one, and I think it's interesting because people will accuse pastors all the time of uh, wanting people around so that their church is big or boost sure. their ego. I don't think that's it. I don't know many pastors that that's it. I'm sure there are some. Yeah, I've never but, met one. But really what, what it is, it's Hebrew thirteen seventeen is when it talks about um, like being a blessing to your leaders. Mm-hmm. And, and in that context, though, it's this, we notice a lot of times when people aren't around. Sure. And it kind of hurts, mm-hmm. but, it, it, but it hurts out of an area of, I'm worried about them. Right. Because I'm supposed to shepherd them. Right. And I have a sheep that's missing. Right. And we don't like that. And, and so it's, it's more out of a desire and a heart for the people. Yeah. Right? And so it's like, man, you, you not being around actually makes it hard on the leadership. Yes, it does. And that's kind of a little insight into it is maybe people don't know, like in elders meetings, we talk about, has anybody seen so-and-so? Right. How can we be praying for them? Does somebody need to go talk to them? And we're happy to do those things, but that's just the reality of it. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, if, if you were looking for something to, if you're going, I'm, I'm hurting as a Christian, I'm lonely as a Christian, I don't feel disconnected from God, I feel disconnected from the church, God has already established something that's so easy for most people to, to take advantage of, to find connection, fellowship, and feasting, <clears throat> and that's the gathering on Sunday. And if you're a Christian, maybe you have to work on Sunday. There, there, are, there are exceptions to the rule, of course. Like, mm-hmm. uh, if you can find a new job, go for it. If that's just the lot you've been given, let us minister to you. Let us care for you. Yeah. Like keep us, keep us posted, and we'll reach out. But, uh, but yeah, like God wants the best for you, and God designed the world to work this way. And you living according to how God designed the world, you're going to have a better life in general, for sure. Yeah. Well, I think that's about all. I mean, we could keep going forever. We this, could, but, yeah. It's but I one. won't. Yeah. And we'll save you guys some of that. But uh, yeah. Well, thank you so much for tuning in uh, to this episode. Um, hopefully you enjoyed it. Leave some comments. Let us know what you're thinking. Give us some content to talk about in the future. Um, you can help us out by liking these things, um, subscribing on YouTube or iTunes or wherever you're listening. Um, that, that helps us um, uh, kind of move up that ranking thing and, and just um, feel free to share it if this was a blessing to you and you think it would help somebody else out. And as always, feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions about anything we said. So. Um, We'll talk to you next time.